I say this every week. I mean it every week, but this week we've got a, a powerful topic. We've got a, a brilliant guest who you are going to, uh, you're going to love her. She is just incredibly talented, but she is the best one I can think of to have this conversation that we're going to have today. She's an award-winning actress, uh, producer, writer, director, speaker, and survivor. And that's just a partial list. Uh, she's a lifetime member of the Actors Studio and has appeared in a variety of films and TV shows, including New Amsterdam, Watchmen, This Is Us, SWAT, CSI uh, Vegas, Game of Silence, and as we sit here today, she has several films in post-production, which means we're going to get to see more of her on the screen. She's also uh, had the opportunity to do some acting in theaters, uh, which is amazing to me. And especially this one caught my attention. She, uh, in one production, she played two completely opposite characters. How do you do that? We may have to find out in the critically acclaimed Savage World at the Met Theater here in Los Angeles. And to add to her multiplicity of talents list, she's also an artist who has painted murals in the homes of celebs in Southern California. She's a great person and a great one to talk to about this topic. Eileen Gruba, welcome back to Utah. Hi, how are you? Can you hear me all right? I can, absolutely. Great. Have you Great. been? It's been like a minute or two or three since we've talked. It's crazy been. busy, huh? Yeah, it's well, it's just been interesting, crazy busy, different kind of times, right? Yep, absolutely. No, I mean, it's amazing. So, I don't know. I don't get all that. That's another conversation, <laughs> these crazy yeah. times and how things it's, are. but uh, It's been busy in a very different way. Yes, that's a yeah. good way to put it. Very yeah. good way to put it. Okay, now before we get started in talking about Disability Pride Month, and thank you for making time to join us. I couldn't think of somebody better than you, but uh, as I dig into your bio, I forgot about this one thing. You graduated from the FBI Citizens Academy, and you also spoke to your graduating class, but I think you spoke to the, at the FBI before they invited you to come and do this. Was that correct? That's correct. I was asked to come and speak at one point, and after that, they asked me to join the Citizens Academy, and that's where you go through all the training and you even weapons and everything. You learn a lot about the inner workings of the FBI, nice. and it's for community leaders so that we're equipped to handle crises when they happen in the communities around us. And um, it was it was a great adventure and it was a great challenge and I loved every minute of it. I met a lot of incredible people and amazing FBI agents and I've since spoken even in their Washington field office and have made lifelong friends. That's awesome. In yeah. That is, and I got to tell you, I'm going to say this publicly, I am totally jealous. I would love to do that. <laughs> I'm like it so envious. It's like, how do I do? where do I sign up? You know, I guess I'm not a community leader. Maybe that's the problem. But okay, now you mentioned weapons training. I yeah. heard this and I want to find out if this is true. When you were doing the weapons training on the range, uh -huh. is it true that you made every shot with a <laughs> submachine gun? Yes. Yeah, see, the FBI takes you down to their uh, shooting range in Orange County. 
uh, when you're in the middle of this program and you get to fire different weapons like the Tommy gun and you know, and I, I don't like weapons. I'm just going to say that right out of the gate. I don't, I don't yeah. like them. I don't have one. And so they let you feel them and shoot at targets and they train you how to use three different weapons. And so I said to them, okay, I'll, I'll shoot that weapon, but I'm not walking while carrying a loaded weapon. That's something I'm not going to do. So uh, I'll stand there and shoot it. But anyway, yes. Yeah, uh, so one of the agents who is back from, multiple tours in Afghanistan and a, a very accomplished agent uh, was my instructor, uh, Mike Gifford, and he um, handed me that submachine gun and I did it. <laughs> 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 I still have a picture of it. I hit the bullseye every time and he just looked at me and he was like, what? But you know what that's about? That's hand-eye coordination because, you know, when you have a sure. part of you that is not working well other parts of you pick up function and ever since i was a small child even when i was in a wheelchair you know i could throw a football i could throw a baseball way better than any other little girl my age but i couldn't run you know so i figured the shooting targets thing was just another product of that hand-eye coordination mm -hmm. that is higher than normal because of the fact that it's compensating for what my legs won't do when my brain tells them to. <laughs> so. Well, I got to tell you, girl, I have a new respect for you. I've respected you, you know, anyway. But now, I mean, that that really is kind of, and a submachine gun, I mean, that's uh, that's got a kick Frankie. to it. That's not, yeah, that's nuts. That's the Tommy nuts. gun was so huge and heavy and everything. And, I would, you know, I don't feel comfortable around those weapons. And I, I'm not a fan of weapons i feel like the people trained to use them should use them and not the rest of us but i did make a joke yeah. about it at the at the graduation speech where i said well i learned i'm a sharpshooter uh so if you ever need me in a crisis just hand me a chair and then hand me the <laughs> you know but i'm not carrying it yeah <laughs> you're awesome so that was my FBI experience. I learned a lot about what to do in a crisis. And, mm. you know, we've got a lot of situations. We're constantly taking classes with the Citizens Academy still so that we'll know what to do in oh, the case really? of an active shooter or in the case. And it, and it also helped me understand what they're up against because yeah. what they're up against is frightening. It's yeah. frightening. You know, they're being shot at all the time. They're dealing with people who are, you know, often on drugs and, and, and shooting at them and, and, you know, their lives are at stake. They, they're humans like the rest of us. And it's, it's, it's challenging. I, I don't think I would want to be in law enforcement these days. And I applaud anyone who has the courage to do it. I'm with you on that. Scary. You know, I mean, it's, and making split second decisions. You oh, life-altering split second. Yes, and it's exactly. almost, yeah, no, it's, it's so frightening. It's almost, they're damned if they do, they're damned if they don't in, yeah. in whatever happens there. Exactly. The, yeah. It's interesting to see it from their perspective because yes, a lot of times we really don't, is. we're just, we're outside of it, judging every move and we don't realize what, what's actually going on on the other no. side of the table. No, we don't. I have a, a mm -hmm. lifelong friend who's like a brother to me who just retired early yeah. from uh, law enforcement and boy, the mm -hmm. stories he's told me, the situations he's been in, and then having to deal with people in the public who don't understand what they're trying mm -hmm. to do and what they're under. And it's, he said the at one point, yeah, and yeah, how often I mean, they're shot at and how often they're dealing with life threatening situations. It's, it is very challenging. And I guess, and I know it's a hot button topic and 
Yeah. There will be people listening who don't even like that we discussed it, but I mean, we should be able to discuss anything, right? We, we should, we live in a world where we should be able to talk about everything because how else do you get to an understanding of people and others and experiences we don't have? You know, we have to talk about it, which is why we're talking today because we're going to do with experiences a lot of people don't have and try to help people have a little bit more empathy, compassion, understanding for what a whole nother community lives with. That's why we wanted you to have this conversation with us. I mean, we could, we've already mentioned you are so gifted. You are so talented. You mm-hmm. persevere. You uh, have an incredible work ethic. I see some things on social media sometimes. I'm going, oh, she's pulling an all-nighter, you know, and like multiple in a row. But this whole thing of Disability Pride Month um, is very close to you personally, close to your heart. You've already alluded to it. But let our audience know um, kind of the behind the scenes, the backstory, if you will have it. You know, it's it's so funny because, you know, a story like my personal life story is something that, you know, when people get their hands on it, they want to hear it and they want to talk about it in these mm. podcasts and interviews and all that stuff. And, and when you live the life, you're like, oh, I got to tell that story again. But then you realize the reason that you're sharing it is for the people who need to hear your perspective and for the people who feel alone who feel like no one understands what they're going through and a lot of times through my life i would come bouncing into a room with a big old smile and i've literally had people say to me well with that big old smile i'm sure your whole life's been easy and i'm like uh no (laughs) maybe i'm smiling because i was able to get in the room or maybe i'm smiling because i'm still alive but um Mm. What I will tell you guys, and this is also here, we're going to hit another hot button topic and one that is still very pressing in my life. And, you know, people actually literally in the last year hate me for it. I'm not kidding. The aggression has been immense. But here's the story. I was a happy, healthy, vibrant little child, and we went and got vaccines for school. And Mm. I got either a bad vaccine or We still can't explain it exactly, but what ended up happening is whatever was in it went to my spine. My body went nuts and attacked it. They they kind of call that Guillain-Barre syndrome, which is, you know, your own immune system goes nuts and Mm -hmm. it attacked my spine. I nearly died. I was paralyzed from the waist down. And, you know, at first my parents were told I wouldn't live. I was stuck not only in intensive care, but literally right in the nurse's station with all kinds of things coming out of me. I was terrified. I was was a little child. I was less than five. And I remember the terror. Even when I'm telling you, I remember the terror of that child. And they kept sticking all these things in me and my spine and needles everywhere. And, you know, the paralysis, people didn't understand what was happening when it was happening. So my bladder almost burst. I did survive. They told my parents I would never walk again. A permanent spinal cord injury from whatever they happened that they couldn't understand at the time. And I ended up in a wheelchair. I was paralyzed from the waist down. And they expected that to be that for me, for my life. But mm. I was so young and not understanding that I really fought hard to try to stand all the time. Every time someone wasn't looking, I'd be sliding out of my bed trying to make my legs hold me because I didn't understand. And all I knew was that everyone was unhappy and my mom was crying all the time and there was stress all around me and it was my fault, you know, and I just wanted to fix it. 
you know? And so I kept trying and falling and trying and falling. And at one point I finally got to where I could stand by the side of my bed mm. and a little bit, little by little learned how to stand and take a few steps. And, and I had a walker and, you know, then, you know, as I got past the worst part of it, you know, I still have a spinal cord injury. I still have a lot of the challenges spinal cord injury people have, you know, at the time they weren't sure if it was the oral polio vaccine or it was the other ones, but eventually through the years of misdiagnosis, we learned that it was from the other ones and not the polio and mm -hmm. Beret syndrome. So obviously in this last year of insanity and rage over vaccines, I've had to take a lot of abuse from people. And the interesting thing is logic. Logic yeah, says yeah. that if there are people who cannot be vaccinated, they are in the disabled community. Doesn't mean everyone. There are a lot of people in the disabled community who need vaccines. I get it. But the ones who can't are also in this community and we have to have some empathy and some compassion Absolutely. for what they're going through and not just treat them like a leper or a reject or something and keep them out of everything all over again. Because, you know, I, I advocate for a lot of big groups and I'm on the on the National Committee for the Screen Actors Guild after performers with disabilities nationwide. And mm. there are quite a lot of us that can't have that vaccine and guess what they've all kept us out of work and you know a lot of people have been quite uncaring and cruel about it and i haven't really spoken up about this because it's been so horrible to have yeah. to bring back all that childhood trauma oh. and you oh. know and people making me defend my my position on it and i'm like hey look i have some of the top doctors in the world last year they said no way the risk is way too high for me and um what am I supposed to do about that? It's like you're putting a loaded gun to my head and you're asking me to pull the trigger and take the consequences. And, and I'm not up for it again. It was a, it's been a lifelong battle. I, yeah. I've had surgeries all the way up until 2017 to rebuild my ankles and feet. Oh. And, I, and I'm exhausted. I ended up, because of all these, the pain, the surgeries, the, you know, the things I've had to deal with that all were caused by vaccines. So I ask people to please be compassionate and realize that this is a medical decision nothing else it's medical yeah. and yeah. people should mind their own business and take care of their own selves and if they feel they need to be vaccinated daily go do it uh, do whatever makes you feel safe i'll drive you there you know but leave me alone and my life my life journey don't put my life on the line um yes. because you're afraid of your situation everybody needs to take care of their own medical situation and I see a few people coming on here, Donna Russo and a few others who have been amazingly supportive to me through this time because it's been rather challenging. And Sharon Shane and a few others, thanks for being here. Because they know, they know what I've been up against, but they, you oh, know, yeah. this industry has known my story for many, many years. It didn't just come up this year. They've used my story for many years to open up our industry to include people who are living with medical challenges and disabilities and to try to get people to have a little bit of Patience, empathy, compassion, open-mindedness, and realize literally everyone has something that's different about them than the person Absolutely. standing next to them, than every sibling they have, than every everyone around them. Everyone's different. That's just the bottom line. And thank God we're all different. It makes life yes. interesting. Yeah, and I mean, can't we celebrate you know, that? Oh, heck yeah. You know, I wrote an article yes. in the middle of the pandemic. I wrote an article called 
bring in the game changers. And it went out to 130 countries on Strive Magazine. You can still find it online called Bring in the Game Changers. Because my perspective, you know, I'm open to all people and all of their experiences. And I do feel like, you know what, um, whoever you are, whatever you are, however you are, wherever you live, whatever you believe, however you move, whoever you are, at whatever age, whatever type, you're a human being to me. And if you want me to accept you for who you are, exactly as you are, whatever you are, whoever you are, then you have to accept me for who I am, exactly as I am, however I am. And if you don't like the way I move or walk, you know, I, I now have a limp. I think that's pretty cool. I, I yeah. don't think it's such a bad thing. I climb mountains. I'm not going to say it doesn't hurt, but I do it regularly. You can ask my friends. I force them to go with me sometimes. I've and, seen uh, the pictures on social going, <laughs> yes, Eileen. <laughs> Constantly doing whatever I can to just keep moving, keep moving, keep moving, because oh, yeah, I think it's so cool. important. I do absolutely the best I can with what I have. And um, I think everybody in life, hopefully, is trying to do the best they can with whatever they have. And we all just have to love each other and accept each other exactly as we are and hope that we have people around us who love us and accept us exactly as we are. And if we don't, we got to change the people around us. You know, it's as simple sure. as that. You know, it we need sense. to be surrounded by people who love us and accept us unconditionally. All of us. You know, yes. I don't think people with disabilities are any different than anybody else, except no, for that we that. might move differently or we need different medical support or, you know, everybody has something different. You might wear a size 12 shoe and I might wear an eight, but hey, we still wear shoes, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and for those who don't wear shoes, that's okay too. You know, wear whatever you want. I, you know, I, I try not to um, think of anybody and judge them on a surface thing because I know it's all down to the human being. And I will tell you about my Game Changers article that, uh, during the pandemic, I noticed something that I've noticed throughout my life, but it really became very clear during the pandemic. There were a lot of people in panic and fear, and I understand that. It was the yeah. first real big scare for a lot of people. However, definitely, I started hearing what they were most upset about. And what they were most upset about is fear they were going to get sick, fear they weren't going to have the medical care they need, mm. fear they couldn't go to work couldn't make money, couldn't pay their bills, couldn't go anywhere, weren't welcome to go anywhere. All of that fear, I had to start saying to people, oh, you didn't like that? Because you expect us, you, I'm saying you as a culture, as society, expect us with disabilities to accept that every day of our lives. So if you don't like the way it feels, start thinking about how we need to change society to not make disabled people live in poverty, fear of not getting the medical care they need. I have a few disabled friends right now who are living with food insecurity because the state of California that has so much money in reserve doesn't give them enough to live off of if they're on disability. And yet, if they have a survival job, they lose their disability benefits and there goes their medical care. Mm -hmm. And they can't afford to drive to their survival jobs because they drive you know, vans that accommodate wheelchairs sure. or they have to, one of my friends is weighing in right now, Don Grabowski, who they have to hire a Lyft or an Uber and that gets very expensive and they can't afford to survive. And yet we keep hearing on the news that the state of California has this billions of surplus. It's like, 
well, why don't we take care of the people who need that the most? Why are we penalizing them by making them live off of $900 a month? Do you know anyone who can live off of that in the state of California? I don't. You can't. It's impossible. So I want society to think about what they just went through and how they felt during this pandemic and ask if they would like to live like that off of $900 for the rest of their lives. And if the answer is no, then let's start changing things and let's start treating people who have more challenges than us, who do deserve to actually get disability benefits and be able to still have survival jobs or go after being an artist or an actor or a musician and not have to worry about losing their benefits. You know, these are a lot of hot button topics. I realize that. And, you know, we always get in trouble when we speak up, but I just don't care anymore. I want to see everybody treated equally. (laughs) I want to see a system that feeds the people who actually need to be fed instead of the people who are hiding their income and don't want to pay taxes. I'm not worried about them. I'm worried about my friend who says he'd, he will feed his dog before he feeds himself when food gets that tight. And I'm like, Uh, that's breaking my heart. And that has to stop. And we have to fix the system. And so this is why I care about the messages we send out in this time, because we have a lot of people out there who are incredible human beings, who've been through incredible battles, who have incredible endurance, strength, courage, resilience, brilliance, and they've seen life from a different perspective than a lot of other people. And therefore, they have unique stories. They have unique passion, fire. They have so much to offer this world. And that's why I wrote the article about bringing the game changers. Why do we leave the people who are the best at survival on the sidelines? That's a question I have to ask. You know, we all have to learn how to survive. If we didn't learn anything in the last two years, that's what we learned. Survival is a skill. Let's figure it out. Well, let's talk to the experts. I would say I'm a survival expert. If I was ever in really big trouble or stuck, you know, in a, really bad situation or in the wilderness somewhere facing grizzly bears, I would want someone like me by my side because I'm going to find my way out of there. It's what and I, I know you will. I know you will. You've yeah. got so much perseverance and, and just gumption to, uh, you know, I, I, I love that you're, you're bringing this up because I, I was hoping this is where our conversation would go. You know, the whole thing of acceptance, why can't we just accept one another? Why can't we, you know, I mean, and why can't we listen to each other? Yeah. You know, we don't real conversations. Exactly. You know, I mean, it's interesting. I went to, I was invited to a thing in our community for high school students and it was an open mic advocacy night and they could express, Mm -hmm. the idea was express their concerns. What, what, you know, what concerns them about the world, you know, blah, 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 blah. They could sing or they could, you know, do whatever. And every single one of them came back, you know, time after time after time saying, adults don't listen to us. Mm. But adults don't listen to themselves either. They don't listen to other adults. So accepting and listening, because there's, I mean, there's so many fascinating things we could learn from one another. And like you, you know, you're such a survivor. You can Mm. teach me things. You could teach somebody else if they would just listen and they would celebrate people with disabilities. And the Game Changer article, by the way, was great. Enjoyed it immensely. Thank well, you. Well, let's turn the it, corner just a bit here. Yeah, go ahead. And let's talk about the challenge. You can speak to this better than anybody I know. Mm-hmm. The kind of challenges 
you as a disabled person and others face in the entertainment industry. And you mm-hmm. know it from personal experience and you're still, I'm still facing, facing it. it every day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, as much as our industry would like the world to think that they are inclusive and open-minded, we're still fighting a pretty brutal battle here. Mm. And we shouldn't have to be. No, I mean, no. I shouldn't have to hide that I have a limp. I shouldn't have to worry about, oh, no, I'm going to have to wear a brace today because my ankle's hurting really badly. But if they see that, you know. I shouldn't have to explain my situation medically to anyone to get a job. I shouldn't have to prove what I've been through. We have a long way to go. And I love and thank every person who's ever opened up a door and who has given us work. We still have a long way to go. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's hard to watch, you know, newcomers in the industry. No offense to any of them. People do get lucky. But I call it luck. If you're new in the business and you've suddenly just landed a show, you're lucky. (laughs) And there's a lot of people that fought for many, many years who have not gotten lucky. And there are a lot of people who are fighting and training and fighting and training and haven't had any opportunities. And, you know, a perfect example of that. And forgive me, anyone who doesn't want their name mentioned, but when you're in the public eye, here here we go. A perfect example of that is um, Troy Kotzer, who just won the Oscar for CODA. He has been in the industry for decades, mm. fighting to get work. If you go on his IMDb and look only from what came before CODA and not what came after, before CODA, he was still battling always to try to get a job. He, huh. he has work effort put out is not translated into the work he got, if that makes sense. He should have had more credits, way more income. He should have been thriving because his talent is so huge. And finally, Hmm. he got a role where he was able to show that. And then everyone's like, wow, he got an Academy Award. Well, yes, he was always talented. Why didn't we let him in more doors sooner? Why did we make him wait 30 years? to be seen. You know, some of us have still never gotten those real opportunities. And we, we need to change that because there's a lot of talent in this community and a lot of talent and a lot of depth and a lot of training and a lot of skill. And I hope if anyone is in our industry watching this, they'll do everything they can to open more doors because we shouldn't have to fight harder than everybody else. No. We're already fighting yeah. harder than everybody else. Just you know, to survive. You get equal opportunity. Yeah. Equal. Equal. And you shouldn't have to finally get a role 30 years later and then get an Oscar to have finally people open up and give you some opportunity. It shouldn't take that kind of a battle. No. He was no. a very talented actor for many years. Yeah. And it yeah. takes years of training and work and work on the stage and all those things. It takes all that. I encourage all the people with disabilities who come to me to train, 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 and never stop training because I know what they're going to be up against. I know Mm -hmm. what they're going to be up against. And I just hope they'll bring their best to the table with every opportunity they do get. And I hope the industry will start to look at the ones who've kind of been left out, the ones who were here for decades and still haven't had their opportunity. I hope the industry will start to open doors to them and then have a little bit of Patience and empathy for the fact that they haven't had the opportunities to audition, that they've been ridiculed when they've gone into rooms and let them have a real shot. Give them a safe place to play. 
you know, oh. when they're well, coming into audition, make it safe. Yeah. I mean, you, you've been ridiculed. I have. I can't even believe how meanly you've been treated disrespectfully. And, and that's from the little that I know. And yet you've it hurts it. me every time I even think about it, and I always sit there like that, like that child, going, "If they only knew, if mm-hmm. they only knew how hard I work just to be able to come in this room, then maybe they wouldn't be worried about how I'm walking." You know, I've said that in my Forbes interview and in other ones. If they only knew what this child went through, and if we could see everybody, if we could look at every human being. And see the child inside of them that has hopes and dreams and wants to live their dreams while they're still here. And just give them a fair shot, you know, and and maybe stop judging people on the surface. You know, it's the oldest saying in the world, you know, don't judge a book by its cover. And, hey, all kinds of different covers are great, you know. (laughs) That's for sure. There's a human being and a heart and a soul and a mind and... And we all want to shot and we all want to live our dreams. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about that little child, that is so critical. Yeah. If we could all just think about that and look at that person and say their dreams, their desires, their talents, and what it takes to persevere, it shouldn't be the way it is. You know, it's and go back to another old saying, the, the golden rule, treat others the way you want to be treated. Exactly. Treat others the way you want to be treated. And I've often, you know, I wouldn't say I always, I definitely didn't know how to handle it when I was young. And I've Mm -hmm. navigated through it through the years and I've learned a lot the hard way. But I have come to this conclusion. If you wouldn't want to be treated the way you're treating me, or if you wouldn't want your daughter treated the way you're treating me, if you wouldn't want your Mm -hmm. child who could walk out and get sick at any moment a car accident anything can change the game for anyone in a second and in that second are you still going to see your child as a human being are you still going to love them are you going to still care about them even if they've lost a leg or they've gone to war and lost a limb Um, (sighs) are you going to still care about them if they're a victim of a violent crime that leaves them with a challenge i think you will i think you will still care about them and yeah i try to ask people to think about someone as if they are their your daughter your sister your mom your 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 child someone you love will you still love them if they end up with a challenge i think you will so yeah why are we it's a human condition i think that's why people are so afraid it's humanity and they're afraid of that part because they're maybe afraid they wouldn't be able to survive it but i got news for you you'd be surprised (laughs) at the strength you find when you have to yeah, we've got to start trying to understand and celebrate our humanness. You've yes, said that several yeah, times. We're all yeah. humans. We are. And we not respect. Maybe we don't necessarily agree, but that's okay. We can still respect and accept, and we can still <laughs> listen. You know. Yes, very so right much. there because it's the listening. You know, even if you're having resistance and you don't want to hear what somebody has to say or you don't want to hear what they're struggling with even if you don't want to that's the time to take a deep breath and just listen and let them tell you what they're dealing with or what Mm -hmm. they're going through because you might be be given in that moment the greatest gift in that moment when someone is really struggling if you're the one who can open up your heart and just listen 
You might save a life that day. You might find an opportunity to change the world that day. Mm. You might be able to take whatever is their biggest problem and say, you know what? I can solve that problem. One of my friends just told me something that's severely altering his life. And I said, I can solve that problem tomorrow. Meet me and I will fix this for you. I've got that problem solved for you. And this is a serious problem and I can't go into more detail, but you just never know. What, yeah. what if you could solve the problem of the person right in front of you? What if you ran a company and you didn't even know people were being kept out of work and you actually listened to somebody who reached out to you in perhaps what you might perceive to be an inappropriate way? Like maybe they went over everybody's heads. Maybe they had to go over everyone's heads. Yeah, maybe yeah. if you listen, you'll find a way to change it. And I have always found that because my mom, my mom was brilliant. Thank God for that. We didn't have her yeah. enough years. We lost her young, but she was brilliant. And I remember when I was a child, her saying to me, she was always telling me how to stand up for myself. And so was my dad. And she used to say, you know what? When people are being unreasonable, when people are being unfair, you go over their heads because the people in charge are in charge for a reason. Oh. And usually the people in charge are the risk takers. They are the courageous ones. And if you can get to them, they will usually change an injustice if they know about it. Mm. So I think we all have to really pay attention when someone's really banging on our door or when someone's asking for help or when someone's just trying to express what they're going through. Why not pay attention and listen? You might be being handed the greatest opportunity of your own life. And you don't even know it yet. But I can tell you one other thing. As I went through this past two years of struggle, when I was having the worst days, I reached out to the people that I know who care about me unconditionally Mm. and was grateful for the ones that heard me. But also some of my friends and what a gift they gave me. And guess what? The ones who've been through the most are the ones who can with humor turn your day around in a second, you know, cause they have that skill and the ones yeah. who've been through the most, you know, some of my greatest allies and friends have been through far more than me and they're champions. I have no other way to describe them, but champions, champions of the human spirit. They know how to play. Boy, mm. do they know how to play the game of life. And I'm grateful to them because, you know, we all need somebody who can be strong when we are down. And we can be that for someone else when they are down. And we kind of forget that life is a team effort. And if we're Mm -hmm. not hearing people when they're in trouble, we're losing an opportunity, a big opportunity to help them, to be there for them. And then when you do that, not only do you gain a lot of wisdom and strength and courage, but you also gain an opportunity to have a really mighty ally by your side Mm. when the cards turn. Because life turns for everybody at some point. It does. And I can tell you from everything I've been through, and I think anybody who's known me long enough, you're in big trouble and you call me, you can bet I'll be there. I will be there. I show up for my friends and they show up for me. Thank God. Mm. You know? No, I mean, that is so powerful. That whole concept of being a champion for someone else. Yeah. You know, it's you just nailed it. One of the most rewarding things in life. You know, oh, we all absolutely. think, oh, no, we can't give our resources or our help or our energy to anybody else. That is one of the most rewarding, fulfilling things you can do in your lifetime. Even my sister's on here. She can attest to this as well. 
even sitting beside someone who's dying who you love. A lot of people run from that. They're scared to death uh, of it. It is painful, but mm -hmm. also one of the most rewarding experiences and one of the most growth experiences you can ever have in your life. Why would you run from that moment, that moment that is, you know, we all have this moment, we come into this life. We all have this moment when we go. I wouldn't want to miss that moment for anything in the world mm. to be there to hold the hand of someone I love when they're on their way out of this world, you know? And so I don't see what people are so afraid of. You know, I've yeah. been through yeah. the worst of it and I, I've sat there and I've gained so much courage. And also I have a whole lot less fear of, you know, when I was younger, I will tell you, I had a big fear of dying when I was dealing with cancer in my early thirties, which also, by the way, was a result of all that I went through as a child. So yeah. I got thyroid cancer. And when I was going through that, I was scared to death because both my parents died young. And so I thought, oh my gosh, I'm so young. I, I'm going to die. No, I don't want to, you know, I'm not ready for that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm terrified of death. You know, a few years later, I'm completely healthy, cancer-free, and it's not been a few years. It's been a long time. Um, mm. I don't have any fear of that anymore. You know how many people I've sat with as they were dying? I don't fear it anymore. I have no fear of it at all. Uh, I'm not saying I'm ready to go. I'm not ready to sure, go. Sure. Um, but I learned a lot. And I just want to share that with people because I, I feel like I have to say there's nothing to fear. Don't be afraid of people with disabilities. Don't Thank be afraid you. of people's challenges. Don't be afraid of listening to people when they're in trouble. And if they've got to cry, let them cry. It might be the most beautiful opportunity you've had in your life to actually make a difference. Mm. And even just the listening sometimes is, is all they need and it will help you grow. So there's so much to be said for that. Life is a team effort. We're all in this game together. And I think life is going to work a whole lot better when we let, out, let down the walls, open up to the 20% who's been kept out. You know, the game changers, yeah. I call them game changers for a reason. And if you look back at my article and you look back through history, you look at the biggest world changers and you're going to find out, dig deep enough, you're going to find out they had disabilities. Whether they were hidden or not, they had them. And they those did. are the world changers right there. And, and often the world savers. Ooh, They've yes. saved the world because they had yes. the courage, because they stood up and they did it, because they had the fire, they had the belief. And if you don't believe me, go look at the Game Changers article and look up those people. Look up all our presidents and find out how many of them had disabilities. Lots of them. Lot our longest of them term president ever. Our longest ever term president who crushed Hitler. The man had a disability and had to hide it. It's time for us to stop having to hide it. I shouldn't yeah. have to hide my walk. Who cares how I walk? You see me on screen right now? This is what you mostly see on t TV, right? Why did anybody right. ever keep me out of work? Because I move a little differently. I still move. And still move. a lot of people find it interesting. So um, why has it ever uh, been an issue? Who cares? It doesn't matter. We should uh, not fear anybody and let everybody have a shot. You know, just bring in the game changers and let them play. No, absolutely. Well, and this whole thing of fear, somebody just put on the screen a moment ago, you know, when you're, when you're free of fear, you're truly free, something to that effect. And it's true, you know, when you don't fear. And so many times it's a false fear. 
you know, we've we've concocted this thing. Oh, yeah. you and and you just nailed something so important, I think, and it deserves a whole lot more discussion of how we can help people having empathy. When you think of, in this case, specifically somebody with a disability, have empathy, listen, accept, learn. Oh, I have yeah, become so much is- more of a learner. Oh, yeah. You'll learn so much from people who've been through different life experiences than you. We should all listen to anyone we get a chance to meet in life. We can learn something from everyone. You know, it's amazing the wisdom that's out there. This discussion needs to continue for a few more days, not hours, Uh days. You know, we're going to have to get you back on again because there's so many things to talk about. And this the practical wisdom of life. Yeah. Um, and to be a game changer. I love that about you in just constantly. And I see things from you, you know, and I'm going, yes. The greatest gift you can give anyone is unconditional acceptance. Mm. It's the greatest gift you can give anyone. And when you see the marriages that last forever and the relationships that last and the best friends who stay friends for life, they're the ones who love you on your good days, love you on your bad days. You can get in a fight and you're still going to be friends the next day, or you might not see each other for years, but you get back together and it feels like not a moment has been lost. You know, you see friendships and relationships. Like my sister is so lucky. She's had a, a wonderful marriage for many, many years and raised some great kids who are definitely caretakers in our world, firemen, Mm. air force and teachers. And, Mm. you know, and I, I sit there and I look at them and I'm like, they're so lucky to have found someone who loves them unconditionally. You know what I mean? Like yes. that is the greatest yes. gift you can give anyone. Your friends, people, even in the workplace and world is to really love people for where they are and where they're at. Good days, bad days, and understand. You know, just accept them unconditionally. What, what You know, and try to help each other. You know, hey, if, sure. if somebody sure. sees something I need to work on, I, you know, as long as I know they're coming from a good place and they love me, I'm open. I'm all ears. Absolutely. I want to know what I got to work on. And we should all be helping each other get to where we want to be in life because life is short. You know, it's too it's short, so short. You know, and if we can help each oh, other, Lord. you know, by the way, somebody just yeah. put up uh, fear is false emotions appearing real. Excellent. Excellent. We got to get our eyes off ourselves. There's just so much of this here and we could change the Mm -hmm. world by doing one simple thing, you know, just accepting each other, just accepting each other. What you said before, listening, just being open, listening. You don't always have all the answers. You're not always right about everything. And everyone comes from a different perspective. You know, I've traveled all over this world to many countries. I've been all over this country. I've known so many thousands of people in my lifetime. I can't even remember them all. But you know what? They all come from a different place. They were raised differently. They have different beliefs, different religions, different colors, different everything. And their perspective comes from the life they lived up until this moment. So therefore, who are we to say what they should believe? Or what they should do or how they should handle their situation. All we can do is be open, hear where they're coming from. You know, I, I had a friend over today who explained to me what she grew up with being an Indian woman who grew up in South Africa. Oh. And I had no idea the things oh. they they went through growing up. I had no idea. So I'm I'm glad I have this friend to share it with me. Her son has 
a disability and he wears leg braces like I used to wear. So he now has somebody he can talk to about what he's going through, oh. you know, and I'm making sure I don't say names for a reason, but he now has somebody to talk to because he's afraid of the same things I was afraid of as a little girl. And he's going through the same pain I was going through as a little girl. So I understand. I want a gift for him, you know? And when I think back on the challenges I've been through, you know, when I was going through cancer, there were a few women who were cancer survivors who were brought into my world by other people. And they shared with me their strengths, Mm -hmm. all the things they learned along the way. They helped me find courage and face the surgeries and face what I had to go through. And they made it the path easier for me because they told me how they did it. And so I feel like we can all help each other in that way. Like whatever our dream is, there's someone who knows more about it, who can enlighten us, help us, guide us. And it doesn't always have to be coaches and, you know, you don't always have to pay hundreds of dollars to get this help. Reach out to people who know what it is you need to know and ask them for some advice. And those of you who are being reached out to, I know that some people get overwhelmed by requests. I know that I do. I do the most yes. that I can with the time I have in my lifetime, but I think we all have space at least to help one or two people or yeah. listen and try to connect people. Often I try to connect people to other people because I know this one has a need and this one can help and then both can help each other and learn from each other. So if we can connect people and help people find each other. Life is, you know, that kind of team effort. And I hope that people will hear this and think about it and, Try not to be afraid and just open up. You might learn a lot and life might get that much more exciting, interesting, and less scary. Yeah. There's just so much rich, rich wisdom here, you know, for Mm -hmm. practical living. And if we could just, like you said, drop the walls down, start listening, listen with empathetic ears, put yourself in somebody else's position, try to help somebody Eileen, how can people follow you on social media, just see some of the things you're doing and what you're involved in? Because it's fascinating, really, to watch it. Thank you. Um, You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook all by my name, which is Eileen Gruba, E-I-L-E-E-N-G-R-U-B-B-A. I I also have a website by that name, EileenGruba.com. Usually, most of my social media is just about work, so please don't connect for romantic intentions. I'm not interested. Um, <laughs> don't care. Uh, please don't send me those, you know, um, but if you want to talk about work or, you know, all those things, reach out. <laughs> it's amazing. Instagram has so much of that going on. It's oh, like, ah, yes. you know, oh, and yes. it's easy to find me. It's easy to follow my path. I've got some projects in the works that I, that I know are going to be game changers. I've got a huge one in the works that's I know is a game changer for our community. Mm. It's a powerful piece of history. The screenplay has already won a major award. We got a big producer attached and I can't wait till we get into production so I can hire all these great kids and make the world fall in love with them. I just so excited about it. it. It's all I focus on every day when I'm not having to do a survival job. I've been writing for lego children's show um oh, as my survival job until the industry <laughs> lets me start being an actor again i hope that that happens soon i hope I everyone stop fearing yeah the virus and let us get back to work yep and in the meantime uh, i'm writing and creating projects for this fantastic community and 
the last two projects that I put out into the world that were created by mostly people with disabilities, projects I produced and was in, both of them won awards all over the world on mm. micro budgets. So I'm excited for the big, big, big one to go. And uh, I appreciate the people who are opening the doors and I hope it keeps happening, especially in our industry. We have the power to change the world. We, we change the way people yes. think. We show them how to think. We show them who to include. So I hope our industry keeps opening up. I hope they bring in the people who've been in the game the longest who haven't had the shots. And I don't just mean me. I mean nationwide. We've got people sure. with disabilities who've been around for decades who haven't had any real shots. And it's time for that to change and bring them in and let them show you what they can do. You know, it's a fantastic world out there and a lot of really interesting people. It is. Yeah. It really is. And I'm excited about this big, big project. We'll have to have you back on when it gets released to talk about it. And thank you. I appreciate you so much. Yeah, I know how busy you are thank to take you. time to be with us. You you were the one that uh, the Utah crew said, oh, we got to get Eileen. I said, okay. Uh, thank appreciate you, your friendship and all that you're doing. And, you know, we'll do whatever we can to support you and encourage you. Thank you. you. Know, along well, the I appreciate way, but, everything you do. You guys have uh, such a positive, supportive talk show here. And I'm glad that you're reaching out to all the teenagers in the world who need all the strength and courage they can get right now. Yeah. Thank you. That means a lot coming from you. So, well, we'll see you again soon and take care. Thank of you. Thanks for having me. This is You Talk Radio.